You're listening to the R10 Reno podcast on KWNKLP 97.7 FM in Reno, Nevada. This will be an archive episode listening to people surviving on our streets. We'll hear from Angela, who came by foot from California and then was repeatedly robbed in Reno. Daniel says he was arrested for sitting. Brian was evicted and he's becoming blind. I'm your host, Nico Columbans, the coordinator of R10 Reno, which includes this podcast. First, a word from our sponsor, and then back to this week's episode with archive interviews. We'll start with Daniel, who we had met at a Share Your Story session at the downtown Reno Library. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reno's Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcast. Client Services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School, School of Journalism. Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. This is Scott King with Artan Reno, and we have another episode of Share Your Story at the Downtown Reno Public Library, and with me today is Daniel. Uh, how long have you been in Reno? Uh, on and off, probably 14 years. And what are your thoughts of Reno? It's a black hole. You know what I mean? It has something that seems to just draw you back to it. And so what are you doing now? Well, right now I'm back on the streets, and I'm, I'm just waiting, and, you know, I work construction, so I'm just waiting... Uh, I'm doing the day-to-day hustle until I could get um, back on my feet. So uh, first things first, you know, get an ID, and then after ID, you know, get a bank account, and then get a bank account, you know, you kind of go like that, whatever means, you know, you can do those things, then those, that's what you got to do. So what is it that you enjoy most about your job? Well, the people I work with, that's for sure. You know, it's like, it's a, that's one thing about Reno, too. I always say it's just a bunch of small town people in a city, you know, and uh, you know that, that company is definitely like it. Uh, where have you been staying? So it was the street, and then I seen an um, an old friend of mine, and uh, so what he did because I don't have my ID, right? So even if I do have money, they won't let me stay anywhere. So I actually gave him money, and he went in and um, got me a room. So, uh, you know, 57 bucks is what you're expected to one way or another make just to get indoors. Like, so if you kind of do the math on that, every 10 days you're spending around, you know, 600 bucks, you know, just uh, not being in the cold. So a month you're at 18, well, that's about what you're paying, you know what I mean, for what, a two-bedroom apartment now, mm-hmm. I would say. So made to be impossible. Thank goodness I have a trade, you know, like a skill that I learned, you know, and I have some college, you know, but uh, just actually this past weekend, um, you know, I had some cash and stuff like that, and I'm always thinking, I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do? So, um, you know, I bought, like, a couple of the guys some clothes. I got another couple of guys a room, and next, you know, like today, I'm just like, fuck, I'm, I ain't got a quarter to my name, so... I mean, whenever I can, I like to do that kind of shit. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it, it, sometimes it gives you that motivation. You know, it, it sucks wearing the same pair of pants for a month, but 
you don't know when you're going to come up on with another one that you actually went in there and picked out, you know, and there's something to be said about that. When I when I got to one room, another guy, he was just like, hey, this is Dan, you know, and he's a really good guy. I vouched for him, or, and uh, she didn't have a, anything, you know what I mean, any, any money or, um, you know, food, place, a safe place to go or anything. I'm like, okay. So anyway, she ended up staying. We, we got some food, you know, and, um, but she, you know, this is how I know it's like even specifically rougher in these situations. I mean, as soon as she was comfortable, she just slept. You know what I mean? And that was just like, because you know that you're actually safe. You know, you got like a Gatorade, a beer, or a, you know, a pint or whatever it is that you know, um, your little comforts. And then, uh, you know, but your guard is actually down. So I just kind of let her sleep. You know, I watched the TV real low. And, but you feel, you know, like um, even though it's a stranger, you know, it's like I don't even know you, but I love you anyways. So we went shopping. She, she helped out a couple people too. And, um, you know, and I still have that, like, protective bond. So if I ever see her again, it's going to pick up just like that. And her, and she'll have that same one with me, you know. It'll be that level of respect because when my eyes were closed, she was up, you know, and that's that's just kind of how it goes. Un- unspoken, though, you know. So you find that sense of, like, camaraderie pretty common uh, with people among the streets? Yes and no. So you have to learn how to survive one way or another. And, like, I knew she took from me and, and stuff like that, you know, but it was I wasn't going to call her out on it. I wasn't going to... Um, mention it I, I was just kind of like I, I know you're just doing it because you don't know that I would have gave it to you anyways you know what I mean and that's just your habit that's just your get down that's how you survive out here so it's like come on to judge on that if you're going to use the word love you got to understand the meaning of it and you know I might not condone what you do or support what you do or you know definitely you know, encourage you to do some of the things you do but I'm going to love you regardless of what you do and unfortunately, you know, like um, like they say, when you become precious to God, you become important to the devil, you know? So, like, whenever you seem like to do a good deed, it, it doesn't go unpunished. Once you kind of accept those kind of things, that you don't see it like that. You just kind of see it like, hey, in their own way, we all love each other and we're just trying to survive. Uh, do you find that there's enough resources uh, in Reno that's offered for people who are struggling with housing? Just like anything, they already, the ones that don't deserve it already know the loopholes. It's almost like they're the ones that wrote it up. Because I remember when I was, um, I lived in L.A. for a while. You know, I was homeless there for a little bit, too, but I got up off my feet real quick, you know, like three days, in, you know what I mean? And I was younger back then, too, but, uh, and I had good help, too, from some good guys, but... So I went there, and they, like, denied me, like, housing, food stamps, and all that because I was a part-time student, um, and, and I had a part-time job, right? So they were like, but if um, I kept my job and dropped the student, then I would um, get food stamps. My buddies got me, right? And they're like, no, listen, this is what you got to say. And they fucking, and, I mean, and they got, like, 800 bucks and 200 in cash, you know what I mean? And... I was just like, son of a gun, like, I actually need this stuff. And you know what I mean? And these guys, they really didn't. One of them had a full-time job. The other guy did it so he could bring it in a store. But those are the guys who coached me on what to say. So I, the one who was fucking homeless, the college student trying to make it out there, could actually get food stamps. So, I mean, it's the same thing here. The ones who 
work the loopholes who know how to get the benefits fully to their advantage are the ones who go need it. So uh, what are some things that you'd like to see made available or maybe fixes to the system that is, can be taken advantage of in this way? You know, I'm, I'm not sure if, um, if what this guy was telling me is true, but uh, he's, he mentioned something about traveling back and forth from Mexico legally, you know, and he said that you have to give a thumbprint. Now, you know, if you leave behind your fingerprint, a lot of us have been in the system one way or another. 34 years old, never been in trouble, got put to jail for sitting in a dirt parking lot. It wasn't even the casinos. It was their overflow or whatever, but there's no fucking signs, nothing. I've been walking all day. <laughs> no, they don't tell me to fucking move from the dirt on the ground, you know what I mean? Well, no, they, they told me to move. I was up in jail for it. That happened here in Reno? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to drop casino names or nothing, but um, then I'll probably never leave Reno. Right? <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, and this happens a lot, but if you could, yeah, like leave that thumbprint, say here. Oh, ID. Not your wallet, but your actually ID. It gets stolen. <laughs> you know, so don't tell me that. Like, I, you do everything you carry. You boot and your backpack. You don't carry a backpack. You bury it. You know what I mean? I don't know why. It's just IDs go. Mm-hmm. And and that goes for birth certificates, social security cards. If somebody knows you got one, it's like the game of chess is on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Capture the queen. But, uh, yeah. So once you, hopefully this meeting goes well and it, you can get another ID, what would be the next steps after that for you? Yeah, thank, thank goodness. This is what I'm talking about, like, with my boss, right? Um, he was just like, yeah, you, you know, you're a good worker, and I believe in second chances, you know, just show up on time and, you know, be a man, kind of do your thing. And I'm just like, hey, you know, I appreciate you. So um, what would you like people to know about your experience? The Egyptians, right? In order to get into their heaven, I heard that you only had to answer truthfully to two questions. One, did you find joy in your life? The second one was, uh, did your life bring joy to others? So, I mean, consider that. Would you be able to answer those two honestly? And would that answer be yes? What would your answer be to that question? (laughs) Mine is yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so... um, Despite all these challenges, you still find a way to keep moving forward. What is your motivation to continue moving forward each and every day? Like these little like success stories, they don't even have to be huge like that. A, a person's life changes for you know that little bit of improvement, and uh, that's a, that's that's the joy part that I get. That's why I'm selfish. You know what I mean? That's why I don't mind buying them clothes or whatever. Um, even though I probably could have got a, a room for a couple more nights, I kind of said, nah, yeah, screw it. And um, it's the right thing to do anyways. And there's nothing like fresh socks. You know what I mean? So we got some socks, some underwear, I mean, shirts that fit. I want to cost $28. archive episode we'll listen to angela a mother of four who took 12 days to walk from california to reno she's a mother of four but she isn't allowed to see her kids until they're 18 she said she'd been robbed at a motel and then at a shelter 
Like Daniel, she's also trying to get her ID back. This is Scott King with Artan Reno at Barbara Bennett Park. And with me here I have Angela. Angela, um, how long have you been in Reno? Three months. And where did you come from originally? I walked here from Ridgecrest, California. Shower. <laughs> a shower. It gets cold jumping in that river. Have you met very many other people um, here met, at the park? I've met a lot. Um, usually there's a big group that comes in in the morning or right before uh, like 10 o'clock at night. It's a couple groups. Nice people. They, they kind of, we just all kind of stick together. So it's kind of nice. Has that helped you? A little bit, yeah. Because I'm really um, shy and stuff so talking to them like helps yeah they're really cool have they been able to give you any advice as far as navigating reno a lot <laughs> a lot i've been all over because people tell oh check out this park it's beautiful over here go check out this cemetery it's beautiful over here go check out this part of the river it's beautiful over here okay <laughs> i'll do it <laughs> it's nice is there a particular piece of advice that um, has kind of stuck out to you in your time here so far don't trust anybody. That's what everybody tells me. Don't trust anybody, not even yourself. So it's interesting to think about and kind of cool to look at. Have you so, not trusted yourself? I haven't, and that's why me and my husband broke up. Have you been homeless before you moved to Reno? Nope. This is my first time. What kind of like things have you faced out here? Just... Everything being stolen, um, sometimes people will, while you're sleeping, will throw rocks at you or try to set you on fire, um, just harass you. Um, Name-calling judgment, just because of the way I look doesn't mean, you know, you shouldn't judge because I'd give anything for someone else. That should just be human nature. And it's not in a lot of people, and it's upsetting. Are you getting, like, harassment from other homeless people or just, like, people passing by? Passing, pass buyers. Not really the homeless. The homeless usually stick to each other, you know? Like, we help each other out, so. Have the police bothered you at all? No. Good. Nope. Good. And how do you get food and stuff? I go to the shelter. Nice. Yeah. And um, are you able to get money at all? I actually get um, disability checks, but uh, my card got stolen and my ID and my birth certificate and everything. So I'm in the process of the waiting game of getting everything back. How's that been difficult? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because I get money. I shouldn't be out here. But I can't touch it because someone took it. And I can't get an ID. I can't even get an ID here without a birth certificate. It's like, what the heck? Yeah, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, it takes forever. I, I went and ordered my social security card. And then I can wait, and then when I get that, then I have to wait six weeks, and then they can order my uh, birth certificate. Uh, two months I've been homeless. Okay. The first month I had a place, but then my stuff got stolen out of my place. Yeah. Where were you staying? A Wonder Lodge. Okay. Yeah, someone came in the door and took everything we had. Were you home at the time? No, no, I was out looking for a job. Are you still looking for a job? No. I said, screw it, whatever. Is there anything else you kind of want people to know about your experience? 
my experience. Some of us didn't choose to be here, but we're here and we're dealing with it, you know. That's all we can do. What would be your advice uh, to somebody that might come across the same similar situation? Keep fighting. Always move forward. Always help the next person, even if you don't have it. You can figure it out a way to get it. How do you find motivation to keep moving forward? I have four kids that I can't see until I'm eight, they're 18. One day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a part of their life. So I made my choices. I lost them. I'm making my choices now. I'm dealing with them. One day I'm going to deal with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to be a grandma. I want to see my kids. Are you able to stay in touch with them currently? I haven't talked to any of my family in four and a half years. If there's anything you could tell them now, what would you like to tell them? Education is everything. Knowledge is power. We'll get back to our episode shortly. But first, a word from two other podcasts in Reno you should subscribe to as well. on what's happening in the local art community? Double Scoop always has the scoop on that. Want to know which exhibitions, parties, and other art events are happening this weekend? Follow us on Instagram at Double Scoop Nevada and listen to KWNK 97.7 FM for our Short Scoop Art Events Roundup. If you're an artist and you're looking for places to show your work, we have lots of opportunities listed right now. To find them, visit doublescoop.art slash events and filter for for artists. If you'd like to follow all of our art news and meet local artists, you can sign up for our email lists at doublescoop.art. Do you like podcasts? Well, we have a podcast review. This is Sean from Up in the Mix. This is Delafoto. Do you like to get into a random wormholes of conversation? Do you like to learn about the culture from sneakers to hip-hop music to basketball? Then we have a podcast just for you. We have one called Up in the Mix. It is available on all streaming platforms from Spotify to Apple. Check us out, upofthemix.live, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Salud! Finally, on this archive episode, we'll listen to Brian. A former business owner, he fell on hard times and ended up being evicted. He said he needs a guide dog but can't figure out how to finish the process for that. This is Scott King and Lucia Starbuck. We're at Whitaker Park uh, and with the Biggest Little Streets podcast, and here we have Brian. Uh, Brian, how are you doing today? Um, I'm uh, suffering from doubt and uh, uh, the lack of uh, humanity with uh, uh, the state of uh, Nevada and uh, the city of Reno. I've lived here my whole life, and uh, I've been treated like a second-ass Second-hand, uh, somebody from out of uh, a foreign country or something, in another foreign country. And I, I used to have a business here, Nation Transmission King. And before that, my mom owned uh, the Wigwam downtown, which is used to be next to uh, a thing called the Money Tree. I've been here since uh, Wells Avenue was a dirt road. And the way people are treating the homeless in this uh, uh, state, and I guess around uh, most of this country now. It's like we uh, shouldn't be alive. It's like I don't get it. Uh, I've never done anything to, to, to be treated the way I've been treated by the uh, Volunteers of America, uh, by the city of Reno, um, except for the ambassadors are cool. 
but I know most of them. They used to be homeless. Um, I'm just now building my credit up with my bank, and I'm on a fixed income because of my disabilities. Okay. I get uh, uh, an SSD check for $840. Cost of living here, any place, a hole in the wall here costs you $1,000. Okay, that's that's as big as that bathroom up there. Okay, it's like uh, eight by four or whatever. A single suite for over 800 to 1,000 now. Okay, I get 800 bucks. How am I supposed to get a place to live? How long have you been homeless? Um, I came back uh, in country in 2000. I've been off and on homeless since then. Mostly homeless when I went blind because of my whole family and stuff. Just kind of let go of me because they didn't know how to handle a newly blind person. Uh, I've trained for uh, uh, having a guide dog over six times now. And because I can't make it out to my lessons, I, for the last three times I missed my last appointment. And God bless the guy that tries to teach me, but it's part of the state law that you have to take them all or you can do it again. So uh, you mentioned for a couple of years that you were uh, entirely blind and now you have uh, an eye. Can you elaborate a little bit on that story and, and what that means to you? Um, I boxed um, AAA at Reno High School. Like I said, I've lived there my whole life. Um, I went from there to the Marines for two years, boxed there. Came back, uh, my brother Jacko, who uh, passed last year from a, a, a major hemorrhage, and he was a homeless too, um, uh, hit me while he was having an MS attack. I got a detachment in this eye uh, two days later, and this one went completely blind while I was driving out to Furling to my dad's house on the, on the highway. I went off the on-ramp in Mustang and ended up in the river. Okay, the scariest thing ever. Ever since then, I've been off and on blinds um, since 2003. Okay. And you're able to see now? Yeah, out of one eyeball. Uh, but I'm totally disabled. I can't do, do what I used to do. I was a transmission mechanic, and uh, you know, I just now started trying to get back into the workforce. I can't even be on the ground. I'm not supposed to be outside, period, because of my gout. My gout hurts me all the time. That's why I'm going to go from here down to Hopes to see if I can see my doctor, maybe. Uh, but uh, I haven't been here for a while. So, uh, Debbie, the girl that works in Mercy at uh, St. Mary's, actually prescribed me Narcos last time and Narcosets and steroided uh, um, antibiotics that I'm supposed to be on. But my ex-lady decided to try to have me thrown in for spousal battery. She faked the spousal battery on the phone. Cops showed up. I didn't go to jail. She went to the uh, Lakes Cross for evaluation. Okay, it's not good here out here. People don't don't, don't get it. Okay, people are dying out here. They're gonna die. Okay, and I uh, I don't want to die here. Thank you for listening to this Our Town Reno podcast episode. Here we have stories about gentrification, life on the streets, the affordable housing crisis. Find us on Facebook at Our Town Reno, at OurTownReno.com, and on Instagram at Biggest Little Streets. Check back in for next week's episode or delve into our archives and remember, help each other out.